Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is Terry Commons. He is the owner, proprietor, and creator of the Mystique Dining Lounge, a truly unique dinner theater chain specializing in magic out west. We discuss the theater, the performers, and what it takes to run one of the largest magic theater chains in the country. Nick Lacapo stops by the show to discuss the feature product of the week from Martin Braesas. Before all of that, we kick things off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians tell us the magic they never leave the house without. This week, Francis Minotti joins me for the Everyday Carry. Francis Minotti, thanks so much for joining us here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for the Everyday Carry. All right, you're going to go out and you're going to meet some friends for a coffee or a beer, or you're even just going to the grocery store, but you're a magician, so we both know you never leave the house without a little bit of magic. What is mm-hmm. your Everyday Carry? Um, hmm. well, I don't, I don't always do magic when I'm out, especially on requests, but if I do, if I'm in a position where I need to, mm-hmm. uh, I will often carry a piece that I've created for myself that I then ended up starting selling. It's called materialistic. Um, I don't think I I'm sold it on my, hmm? I don't think I'm familiar with this trick. Oh, it's a, it's fun. It's a coin. I borrow a quarter. I don't, or if I have a quarter on me, because these days no one carries change anymore, mm-hmm. but I'll take a quarter, uh, do a little flurry, uh, just sleight of hand stuff, make it disappear, make it appear, put it through the back of my hand, and then ultimately take the coin, place it under my shirt, pinch it through the shirt, and they can see it through the shirt. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just uh, pull gently on the cloth through the coin, and it pops right through. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's very visual. I have a couple of different versions where I borrow someone's finger ring and it disappears in, under a handkerchief, and but it, using the similar technique. But it's a simple gimmick uh, that it, you can you, that you can carry if you're wearing a, an, an untucked shirt mm-hmm. or even a suit jacket. But it's better in an untucked shirt or sweater. Um, super, super easy to do, but also very visual so i liked it and it's and the nice thing about it is it's modular you can either just do it as a once and done 10 second trick or you can add it i like everything to be modular you can make it five minutes Mm -hmm. and then make that as the punchline the the finale Uh, materialistic sounds like an awesome trick i think i'm gonna go check it out because i really like the i really just like that premise uh especially for just something to do kind of casually coin through handkerchief with when no one carries a handkerchief right so well materialistic is a fantastic everyday carry uh francis thanks for joining us on the everyday carry Thank you. Thanks so much to Francis for being on the show. Go back and give his two-part episode a listen. We discuss art, theory, and so much more. On to the main event. Regular listeners to the show will recognize the name Mystique Dining. Myself and Nick Lacapo frequently perform at this chain of magical dinner theaters, and we've met some incredible Penguin fans there. Terry Commons is the man behind all of this. Starting off more than 25 years ago in Idaho, he now has six locations across the western United States and counts incredible performers like Kristen Lambert, Jade, Bruce Gold, Paul V. Hill, Larry Wilson, and Bob Sheets among his regular stable of performers. I grabbed a bit of Terry's time over Zoom and to discuss the Mystique Dining Lounge, and now you get to join our conversation. Terry Commons, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I can't believe I haven't had you on yet because I mention Mystique Dining frequently on the podcast. I always tell people uh, when I'm going to be here, but I've never had you on to talk about it. Uh, for those of you listening who don't know, Terry Commons is the creator, imagineer, and proprietor of the Mystique Dining uh, lounge and the prestige magic lounges out west. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. Um, when, how would you describe the Mystique Dining experience to magicians? Because I, it is, it is. 
you you run a series of magic dinner theaters, but just calling them magic dinner theaters is, is a little a bit of a disservice to them, I think. I, I think what the magic behind Mystique is, or what makes it uniquely Mystique, is that it's a very high-end total experience that has three really strong, prominent facets to it. Um, an incredible high quality dinner, which is never associated with dinner theater. Mm -hmm. I don't know a dinner theaters around the world that are, call themselves a dinner theater that have a quality, wonderful meal. It's usually a, a, a second rate meal. They try to save their money. It, this, it, they use it as a, usually a gimmick to get people in um, and don't make it uh, a prominent part of the experience. Um, I've been to dinner theater, community dinner theaters where there's, they're catering spaghetti. I mean, and, and I wanted this to be a experience that, okay, I don't love magic, but I love prime rib. So I'll, I'll go have the wonderful dinner and, and, oh, wow, look at this magic. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Or I love magic and wow, this dinner surprised the heck out of me. And, and then do you take both of those elements with the best magicians that I can come across and really quality first-class food and you put them into the most elaborate environment you can is fantastic. The key to it though, that also is important is the intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, you yourself know, cause you've performed everywhere for me. Um, the intimacy of this room is, is, is what gives it its own wonderful heart and soul as a performer, because uh, even with 30 people, you feel like they're right with you. They're, they're close. Everybody can see very well. It's a King's table. I've worked hard to, I've even trademarked the shape of the table to be a, well, the best way to say is a coffin shaped table with one in narrow and one in the front of the table wide. So your sight lines aren't impaired. Yeah. And, and just making that experience as intimate and, and and connected with the people you're performing on the same table they ate dinner on. Yeah. And that sounds like table hopping. It's nothing like table hopping. It's 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 bringing that close up table into it right. It's that personal connection that is really really amazing. And all of my rooms have 18 seats at that main table. And um, uh, I've been doing that for 25 years. And and. Uh, it it's it it works it connects and it was serendipitous that i it came together the way it did yeah, the the table was really fascinating because i think that um there will be a link to in the show description there'll be a link to the mystique dining website and you should go take a look at photos of it because the best way when when other magicians have asked me about it especially people who have been brought on board by your booker and they've said hey you know do you have any advice performing here it is you're still playing to a table that can seat 18 people. And then there's another, there's additional seats that are sort of up and to the right and the left. And so you need something that is big enough for parlor, but is bulletproof close up. And, uh, and it's really, there are things that the table allows you to do because they, people have these great big, beautiful surface in front of them so they can roll dice and draw things and do whatever. Uh, it's a really, I think that the, a lot of the magicians who perform there end up with a show that is so uniquely suited to mystique that you have to go to see how wonderful it is in this room. We describe it as stand up close up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stand up close up. Um, you know, uh, which is, I've never heard before. Um, and 
my close-up pads, we've made them so they rake a little bit if you want to. Some of the performers use that, some of it don't. Um, if you're doing a matrix or something like that, it's nice to have that little bit of rake um, so that people at the end of the table can see it. Uh, but most of it has to be off the table to be really truly visual. Mm -hmm. But it just it these huge, massive, four-foot-wide, elegantly placed close-up pads are just really defining a, a a performance area. Yeah. And then you add that with the throne and stuff behind it, puts a reverence, it puts an elegance, it puts a, 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 a we don't let the people sit at that table, or sit at that chair. We try to, we don't even let our servers sit there. We, we keep it kind of a little bit holy for, for the space where the performer can, can be featured and highlighted. Yeah. It's uh, it's a really magnificent space, and it's so like it's so elegantly appointed too, because there's like gold and you know carved statues and dragons and all sorts of uh, <laughs> incredible things all over the place. Yeah, it's you know the original. If you go back to my roots, 25 years ago when I started this, um, I was in Quebec, Idaho, little teeny tiny town up in Idaho. When I say teeny tiny, it, the whole city, the whole market area was about 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. And I was the only performer for 17 years, but we did performances every night. And um, uh, we had to reinvent the wheel every 60 to 90 days, mm -hmm. which means I had to have different material. And I kind of featured ghost stories all the time. Year round, it was ghost stories, but it wasn't creepy, scary Halloween ghost stories. They were more sentimental or civil war ghost stories or knights uh, or Camelot themed ghost stories, uh, romantic ghost stories. Um, and so they played year round, but my, that's my style. Uh, and uh, coming up with material that was always tied into the theme was tough. I mean, all of us as performers have a proportion of our, our material is our favorite go-tos and we just always will do them. And I could do that for about 30% of each show. Mm -hmm. um, but the other percentage had to be something unique because the people sitting there saw it three months ago. Yeah. And um, in order to be able to survive up there for 17 years, um, I had to keep reinventing that wheel. So, I came up with these themes, like I was just talked about. I had Edgar Allan Poe, I had Charles Dickens, I had Vincent Price, I had Knights of the Round Table, I had Pirates. That was a fun one. Um, Civil War, uh, you know, and and these shows would rotate two or three seasons, but they were expensive to produce because I would go into that space that we're talking about, and in the original theater in Idaho, uh, this, the walls were scenery flats, mm. and we could paint them out every time and and paint a scene a mural on them of pirates at sea or or christmas with santa flying through the air and stuff i mean so we had christmas through child's eyes we had i mean yeah, the things we did were, were you know were really elaborate but it was more production value um and didn't really i mean it featured the magic sure it was the same format you had 18 people they had a five course dinner then i would do 45 minute set um but as I tried to scale this idea, I had to realize that most performers don't have the desire, I'm not going to say the ability, but the desire to reinvent themselves every 90 days yeah. and or conform to a scripted a scripted content. Mm -hmm. um, we know that like Caesar's Magical Empire, mm -hmm. 
they had scripted content and they struggled, you know, and um, it, it, it waters down artistry of a performer such as yourself. Mm. It's like, why would I script something that is elementary to somebody who has a skill set that's that's world class? Mm-hmm. And and so it's like, okay, I want to feature these best magicians. I need to give them an arena, a close-up arena that is amazing. Yeah. That they can highlight and and you know, I don't tell you guys at all what to perform. No. And I just tell you how long. And if you're not off at time, I get <laughs> I get irritated because you know, we've we we are running a, a business that it's on a tight schedule and and um but I I love the variety of 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 material and um that goes with it. Uh, you know, yes, I've seen enough Tabari rope tricks. I've seen about every card trick that's out there. And we start, I get the public side of what we're talking about. You know, there's, there's the cliche magic, um, truly original content to a magician is one thing. Original content to a layman is a whole nother thing. Um, it's got to look different. Yeah. And you know, to, you know, the, you've seen the memes on Facebook and stuff where yeah. we go through and list every, every slight there is on one side of the line. And on the other side of the line, the audience member says hard trip. Yeah. And that's, that's really true, you know, and I'll ask people, uh, I was here three months ago and I saw, oh, great. Who'd you see? I don't know, but he did a card trick. I'm like, yeah. oh, great. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you know, or, or he did a rope trick or so, you know, um, what I really look for is performers that now as we've gotten, you know, I've just opened my sixth venue. Um, as, as we get there, I'm looking at performers who can bring a visual originality mm-hmm to it and not just a method originality to it. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Easy Aces for Martin Briasas. Nick LaCapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this ace-cutting miracle. Nick, you know I love a good card trick, and you know uh, I've heard. you know <laughs> that I love the magic coming out of South America these days, and yes. one of my favorite creators from down south is Martin Briasas, and we're talking about Great. his trick, Easy Aces. Great, great creator, great trick, um, and this is one of those tricks that can make you look like a sleight of hand expert when you really don't need to be. This is a great way to get into doing some really cool um, at the table card work. And what happens is, is you can have a deck, you know, shuffle it up and from a shuffled deck, you produce an ACE, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you cut to another one and you, you, another one shoots out of the deck, honestly, any ways that you want to, because on the instructional video, you'll learn different ways to get the ACEs out of the deck, but that's, just the beginning to get the fourth ace, you're going to do one of the cleanest triumph style effects that you've ever seen. Uh, This is that trick where you shuffle the deck face up and face down, and it is fair. I mean, this is a real shuffle where you can see the cards going mixed, and then you snap your fingers and every card in the deck turns face down except for one, and it is, of course, the final ace. This is a really cool gimmick deck that allows you to not only find the aces, but do that triumph effect in an incredibly clean way. Uh, I know that when I was out performing it, because I actually do the teaching on this, uh, I learned it from Martin and then I taught it. Going out and, and doing it, it gets monster reactions. I even did a social media video for our Instagram and people were just freaking out about how clean everything is in this. And it's super easy to do. Yeah, it's kind of combining a couple great ideas already. And uh, the way that this triumph is accomplished, if you've never 
done this trick. Yeah, exactly that. You'll see just how powerful it is because it is such a clean method uh, for that style of thing. And you don't need any sort of fancy shuffle or anything like that. It's accessible for anybody. So if you ever want to do those style of tricks, this is a great entry-level way to get comfortable performing it and perform strong magic. And if you're into 4A's productions, there's actually a bonus on the uh, the instructional download that Martin teaches you uh, a 4A's production that you can do from any deck, just any normal deck. And it's just like a nice bonus that he really wanted to share with uh, the Penguin audience. And it's, you know, it's also like worth its own uh, you know, worth its own release in itself because it's a great 4A's production, but the whole thing is well worth watching. Easy Aces by Martin Braesus. Check it out. That was Easy Aces from Martin Braesus, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, the incredible listeners to our show receive 25% off the feature product of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is DEADCUT. That's DEADCUT, D-E-A-D-C-U-T, all one word for 25% off Easy Aces from Martin Braesus. That code is only good for Easy Aces and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Terry Commons. I'm looking at performers who can bring a visual originality mm-hmm. to it and not just a method originality to it. You do have a very eclectic mix of performers because I, I was looking at it not too long ago there was there was some schedule where I, it was the week before me was Kristen Lambert and the week after me would was David Goldrake and the week after that was Larry Wilson and I can't think of four more completely different performers uh, that all are in there all the time and doing some some wild stuff uh, it's it, it, it. It's challenging sometimes. Funny you'd mentioned Kristen and David. Um, we just had a, uh, an instance that everybody to learn by mm-hmm. uh, in our La Jolla venue. Um, uh, our mistake, we had mistakenly had um, David Goldrake uh, double booked. We had him at um, the Prestige in San Diego and at La Jolla the same night. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that was on our website. Uh, we sold some tickets. Uh, we caught it. We changed it. Kristen came in instead of David. Mm-hmm. Um, move forward. The show happens. I get my nightly staff report from my people that said, okay, everything is great. Wonderful. No problems. And so I'm thinking things are great. And then the next day I get a long scathing email from a customer that was at Kristen's show. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had 10, she brought 10, maybe no more than that. I think it was like 15 people. Oh, wow. Um, we're talking, we're talking a $2,500 purchase. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, it was all part of a birthday party for two young kids that the grandparents had paid for. Mm-hmm. And this was the the mother of the kids that was sent, sent the email. Um, and she was upset because she thought she had booked for David. Yeah. And she'd gone online, she'd researched, she knew his content, his history. And she thought, okay, these boys are absolutely going to love him. Yeah. And and so when she shows up and it's Kristen and Kristen's content is completely different. She's doing tarot cards and voodoo and, mm-hmm. and her mentalism and stuff. That's very much her style. Um, and it's right at Christmas time. Uh, that shook their world. Yeah. Um, the expectation has to be there. And, and so all magic does not fit for everybody. And so that's why I really do try to have a wide, um, variety of performers because uh and what i've learned 
in the 25 years I've done this is, and even in the last, you know, seven years since I rekindled the brand, um, magic's in, in a new golden era. Yeah. Magic, especially close-up magic. And, um, you know, with the attention it's getting on television through AGT, Penn & Teller, et cetera, Masters, all of that, um, people are aware of it. And um, they research you guys with the with the internet being so handy and stuff they will they'll look at my schedule and 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 do their homework as to who they want to see and that's something that's new that didn't happen years ago it wasn't at their fingertips and whatnot but but people are becoming magic wise yeah and um, and uh which is a a good thing um and what i mean by that is i think it challenges us as artists mm -hmm. For content when i sit there and say how many tabari rope tricks i've seen and you know it's it's it makes you guys who are going to be successful at the top of the pyramid come up with your original material mm -hmm. i you know so I, it's uh it's i like working the venues because they're it's it's a place that i know i'm going to have many different audiences and I can really put the work in and get the reps uh, to make sure that a trick is going to work out for forever. I mean, like, it's not like Mystique is my lab. I've got, like, places where I work on really new stuff. But when I'm thinking about putting something in, Mystique is definitely, like, top of my mind because of, you know, the, the people are very hip to what's coming in and what they want to see. Um, I want to shift the topic a little bit because you you were celebrating the 25 years this year at Magic Live. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what you did at magic live cause you had a jam room that was all decked out with everything. Uh, you're giving away jackets and rings to, to people. It was, I'll let you take it away, but it was, it was a whole thing. Well, as, as well as you know, cause you were part of it. Um, yes. I formed a, an association called um, mystique conjures conclave. Mm -hmm. And that's an, a magician's association. It's in its, it's in its infantile still. Um, but I'm wanting it to become a, a, a fraternity of magic, a society of magic um, that is looks at the performers that it can bring on board as teaching the youth, and also as as the guy who probably hires more magicians than very few other people. Um, I see a lot of magicians who have a wonderful love and passion for the art, but they struggle financially. They, they, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, a, a starving, you know, starving artist scenario. Mm -hmm. And when they get into their twilight years and older years, they don't have the resources and, and methods to, you know, live as comfortably as we'd like to see them live. Mm -hmm. And I would like to come up with um, a situation where, um, we can be offering scholarships to the youth and we can be offering grants to, to people with, with special needs or, and, and, and crisis and, and things. And I've, I've, I've known, gotten to know enough of you performers that I've, and as personal friends that I, I see things that happen. Um, and, you know, people that we've lost, they are great performers and, and, and it would just be nice to be able to help um, a little bit more significantly than, than, just throwing a bone mm -hmm. to somebody, you know? And I also want to recognize excellence. And, you know, I, I, I love what the Magic Castle does for magic. Um, it's awards program is kind of like the Oscars for, for acting, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a very similar process, if you ask me. It's, it's recognition of your peers for the excellence in, what you're, in what's happening. Um, but I'd like to start a, a, an awards platform through MC Squared is what we call it for mm -hmm. Mr. Steve Contra's Conclave that is more of a people's choice type of a platform oh. where where the customers that have come through my venues uh, and maybe other public input can nominate and select the magicians that they um, think deserve the accolades. And so it's, it's not so much a, a peer um, pat on the back, but the public saying, yeah, I liked him. Mm -hmm. And maybe you didn't like him because his artistry, because his performance was so technically exquisite, but maybe he just entertained the hell out of you. Yeah. And, and the charisma overtook it. And so there's, you know, that's a different dynamic, I think, to the world of magic that they haven't had in awards. Mm -hmm. And I, I think with being in a unique position to have the exposure to so many, um, we just, celebrated within the last 60 days our millionth customer wow. over the last 25 years and so you know that we've got enough people that are familiar with the brand and participate um uh you know the we can do the surveys we can have the we can have a nominating process where we can recognize those people let's go back to magic live yeah last year at 25 year anniversary i um, uh, first off, I started with writing a book. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like 25 years. That's a good reason to write a book. I've been, uh, you know, mentioned people mentioned to me, Oh, you should write a book. Those who knew my personal story. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nah, it's a vanity project. I don't want to write a book. Why would I write a book? Um, at 25 years. And as we were opening our fifth venue, uh, I'm like, okay, there's now a story here. There's, yeah. there's 25 years of, of pain and suffering. There's a personal life of mine that was that's 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 got I think a lot of um, lessons to be learned and shared with people, um, good and bad. Um, and you know, people look. I, I get all the time. I get wow, you have five venues. I mean, you must be rich. And I'm like going, no. My joke is, I have to have five venues to make a living. <laughs> um, so it's 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 real work. And, and it's a passion project of my own. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the love of magic. And I've been a magician since I was a little teeny tiny kid, about seven years old. And, you know, real life took me into the food and beverage services. I was uh, an executive food and beverage manager for years in Park City and Utah and California. And then, so that taught me a, a, a crucial side of what I've done with my concept. And then my education was in theater arts. So you take the three of those things and, and with the art direction and, and the production value and things that I've learned. And I've, I've directed 30 Broadway musicals um, in on a community basis mm -hmm. um, over my career too. And so, I mean, a, a real understanding of theater, production value, lighting, sound, that's the mystique experience too. It's not just come sit down, eat and watch magic. It's There's a theatricality from the very minute you walk into the lobby before you're seated and as you leave, that that is a quality that is unique to people. Mm -hmm. Back to Magic Live. We, I had this book. I'm like, okay, well, let's get it done and release it at Magic Live. So then I'm scratching my head and I'm like, hmm, Magic Live. 
And I knew that in the past, Magic Live had had a, a jam room, a sessions lounge, what you want to call it, um, that was um, nothing really. It was a couple of uh, a few tables and chairs and just a space where people could privately go in and do their thing. It wasn't themed. It wasn't. Um, it was sponsored uh, a little bit by Bicycle, I think, um, but very loosely. Nothing really sound. And I thought, well, the marketer in me said, okay, 25 years, let's put Mystique out there. I'm wanting to build, I respectfully call it my stable, which is all the people who are performing for me. <laughs> and um, with five venues, I wanted to be able to, you know, increase um, the awareness of the brand and of what we offer. And so I got the idea to approach Stan Allen and say, hey, Stan, can I uh, – sponsor your your jam lounge mm -hmm. and uh he didn't really know me very well he'd done an article in magic magazine way back in 2005 and on my idaho project um and uh but he he nosed around and 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 after i made a presentation to him with concept drawings and everything i could possibly do to to, to pitch my idea he um accepted it mm -hmm. and we built that beautiful 2000 square foot lounge, um, considerable investment, um, trying to sh uh, first off evoke the quality that is mystique. You um, really and, did a good job doing that because I mean, there was the <laughs> thrones and the, and the, the tables and the, uh, the, all of the artwork that told the story of mystique was all, it was all, it felt like being Adam mystique. That was, that was the goal. And, um, uh, you know, and, and it was, it was our, coming out party, so to speak, 25 years on the scene. And I was, it's, it's, you know, how many people ever knew, knew of us, have ever heard of us? Nothing. Mm -hmm. It's like, we've been around for 25 years. And so it was kind of like, wow, this is a good way to make a splash onto the magic, onto the magic um, stage as, as the venue. Plus we just had completed our FDD, which is our franchise disclosure documents. So mm -hmm. we are currently in negotiation with at least one person. And I've got another person just interested, just, uh, in possible franchising. That's exciting. And so it is. And, um, uh, I, uh, so uh, the book, the franchising, the, the MC squared, uh, foundation of that, that was all ev evolved to magic live. And it was super successful. We gave out commemorative coins and cards and, and candy and just had a, had a great, wonderful experience at magic live. And, uh, so, um, you know, hopefully the future holds uh, more opportunity along that type of thing. And, uh, but uh, it was, it was a career high for me. I've been in magic for 40 years, for yeah. 50 years professionally, um, 40, yeah, about 42 years from my first convention way back in the day. Um, as a performer myself in the late eighties, I was, I won TAOM stage magician of the year in 89. And mm. um, I was a PCAM contestant in 90. And so my magic roots go way, way, way back. And so it was fun to, for me personally, to have a moment where it's like, okay, this is where magic's brought me. It's not the path I thought I was going to take. It's a beautiful path. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, I get to perform at my own venues when I want to, sometimes when I don't want to. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, it's it's been a it's been a really fulfilling and satisfying journey to this point. I mean, in the early years, I didn't only perform all the shows; I cooked all the shows. And you know, wow. I mean, it was 
it was a lot of work and uh, you know it's, it's nice to it's nice to have trusted good people in place doing what I need them to do and and seeing the seeing the fruits of my labors over the years as far as as what it's contributing back to magic well I for one am really thankful that you continue to book me because I have just an absolute blast. Uh, in your your venues as a matter of fact as I know we're recording this early but as this episode goes out I will be I will actually when it goes out I'll be on stage at prestige in San Diego so uh fantastic <laughs> uh, so people fantastic. are listening to this um but uh, uh Terry thanks so much for joining us on the show everyone listening to this go check out a link and get yourselves to a prestige or a mystique dining lounge because it's an, it's a great time thanks again for joining us Terry you bet. Thanks. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Terry for coming on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Well, as you heard in the interview, I'm currently at the La Jolla location in Southern California of Mystique Dining, and there's still some tickets left for my show this weekend. Come on out and say hello if you're in the area. Also, the rumors are true. Talent for the IBM convention in Tacoma has been announced, and I am going to be lecturing and performing alongside Nick DeFott, Rachel Wax, and Michael Lamar. It's going to be a great time. See you in Tacoma. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform you've been learning 3D printing stuff on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you'll have to sneak a note inside my brand new MediaStar case. Look, I learned modeling software, designed a case, and then printed it out of TPU. That's a flexible material. It's like a squishy box that I made. I'm so stoked. Go check out my Instagram to see the finished product. I feel like I can do anything now. Atomic Chihuahua Robotics is on the horizon. But if modeling my magic cases for your equipment isn't your cup of you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform. Perform.